It says in uh, Luke 18, one, uh, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that uh, they should always pray and, and never give up. And we started a series last spring where we were talking about spiritual disciplines. We kind of sandwiched it in between some of the different sermon series we were going through. We talked about the discipline of prayer and the discipline of fasting. And really, ultimately, we do so many things in our lives that take discipline and uh, they're rooted in prayer. They're rooted in, in these ultimately making it through seasons of our life where we need to practice a discipline, a discipline practice, because sometimes we feel like doing uh, some time in the Bible, sometimes we feel like praying, and other times we just don't because of the season of life we're in. And if we develop a discipline, the reality is our relationship with Jesus will grow. And uh, you don't always feel like you're growing. You don't always feel like you're on a mountaintop in your faith. But if you have a discipline, it'll help you live a balanced life when life is unbalanced. A shirt we saw in Indonesia, I can't help but reference when we go back into a series called Never Give Up. There was a great Indonesian shirt. They have quotes that don't quite translate well in English, but they print it in English. And they had this shirt that said, say yes to never give up. Say yes to never give up. So anyway, I'm I'm probably going to have to make a shirt for Todd because he was with us. That just says say yes, and it's an insider shirt, right? Because you'll know it means to never give up. Jesus didn't want us to ever give up in our spiritual disciplines and, and specifically prayer, which he addressed there in Luke 18. And we're going to hit on the discipline today of studying the Bible. This discipline of a regular pattern where we develop a practice of studying the Bible. It says in Psalm 1, 1 through 3, Oh, the joys for those are of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Wow. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. I, okay, sign me up for that. That's, that's the life that's worth living for me, right? And the big idea of today's talk is we should consistently study the Bible. We should study the Bible. We just finished the series in Philippians uh, last week. If you weren't here for that, catch it. It was a great walkthrough of that. But it said in in Philippians 4.8, just a couple weeks ago, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What is being spoken of there can be fed by studying the Word of God, right? The Word of God is no better place, no better way to align our minds on what is true and right and pure and lovely than regularly hearing and reading the Scriptures. One of the authors that we've been referencing every once in a while in study, Jaden's been reading a book, I think, from called The Spirit uh, of the disciplines by Dallas Willard says, nothing is more important to your faith than hearing and obeying the word of God. It's a bold claim and very true. Nothing is more important. 
then we have a regular diet of the Word of God. So what is this Bible? What is this scripture? What is this? It's in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, we get a great definition of the Bible, right? All scripture is inspired by God and is used to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Every good work. The scriptures will show us what is true. I don't know if you've ever done any carpentry or any work. There's a term called true, right? Uh, You need to make sure it's true if you want your door to fit in the door frame. Make sure the door frame is true so the the door doesn't squeak against the edges on the top or the sides. You got to make sure it's true to itself. And I think the Word of God is being spoken of here in this term that it's, it's going to align us to what is true. We need to be in right alignment. And it's easy for the world to just throw us off just a little, for us to settle into something that's unhealthy, but then we're not true any longer. The Word of God teaches us what's true. So a regular diet of it will keep us in line with God's heart for the world around us. It allows us to live a a true faith, maintaining uh, our fit for the good works that God wants us to accomplish, right? And the other thing it said there in 2 Timothy uh, 3, 16 is that it's useful for correcting. And I don't know how many of us just, oh man, I can't wait to be corrected today. This is going to be the best day ever. I want to open up the Bible so I can be corrected. It's not something we seek out. But it feels good when we figure some of our weaknesses out so we don't fall into those traps anymore, doesn't it? When the Word of God can speak to us and and guide us through some of our own weaknesses, correction is, is healthy. The wise, it says throughout Scripture, welcome it. And, and I think we need to be wise in our faith and in our relationship with Jesus, that we would welcome correction when we're reading the Word of God. You know, the, word, the Scripture is an equal opportunity offender. We're all going to find something in there that just comes against something we're living out. And we're going to go, man, I need to either ignore this or deal with this. That's what the Scripture does. and helps us become true, I guess you would say. Preparing ourselves for every good work. I can't help but, but think of the instruction Jesus gave his disciples when he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I've had multiple conversations this week with various individuals, and we come back to the fact, we're like, man, this is, the harvest is so stinking plentiful, but the workers are few. And, and we just revisit that subject all the time. There are open doors for the faith in our community like never before. And we just need willing individuals to step into the opportunities God is creating. The work, for every good work that the Word of God is preparing us for, we need to be in the Word so that we could step into those opportunities. And sometimes the correction maybe is our apathy, right? When we hear a message like this and go, yeah, okay, I haven't been regularly reading the word and that, that I need this. God uses the scripture to prepare and equip his people to do every good work.
This right here is a serious Bible. Look at this thing, right? I now use the Bible on my phone primarily. That's, I, I use version. Uh, Bible reading plans and, and, and reference that, which is a little different, but this is, this is how it all began. This right here is the first Bible I purchased, an NIV study Bible. I was in church and a gentleman approached me and said, you know, introduced himself and, and he was a volunteer in the kids church area and and just said, man, I've been watching what God is doing. God's, I don't know if you realize this, but God's doing something in your life. And I was just like, okay, you know? And, and he begins to just say, hey, do you, have, have you signed, are you doing any small group or Bible study? How are you learning the faith? You're new here, right? And I was like, yeah. And, and he's just like, I would be more than open to teach you how to study the Bible. And... There was a part of me that was thinking this older guy's a creeper, <laughs> you know? And then there was a part of me that was like, this is really cool. And uh, uh, so I was uh, just in all honesty, and he's like, man, I, you know, so we began talking a couple weeks in a row, and then finally I was like, yeah, I, I think I want that. I don't know how to study the Bible. Never, never did that in our home, per se. Uh, I hadn't been in church for years and years and years, so I was just like, and then it was Christmas Easter type of a thing for us, for our home. And I, I said, I, I would love that if, if you're still open. And he said, yeah, go buy an NIV study Bible and meet me at my house at 8 o'clock Saturday morning. I was just like, okay, this is getting creepier maybe, you know. And, uh, but I risked it, and I went out and bought a very expensive Bible. Honestly, it was really expensive. I remember it was like over 100 bucks or something. And, uh, and then I showed up at his house, and, and I had got another book. I forget what it was, but... I sat down in his home and, and we began just to walk, like literally reading everything on a page, reading the scripture, uh, reading the cross references, reading the study notes. And we walked through, uh, I forget, I think it was James and Philippians, maybe John. We walked through a few different books of this Bible. And by the end of it, I felt a call to full-time ministry. Just three books of the Bible. And I'm not saying that's the goal for all of you. Well, I'm not reading it because I'm not going to be a pastor. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. No, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, I'm just saying I began to study the Word of God for the first time ever in my life. It was a book I avoided prior to then. And it changed the course of my life. That's the power of the Word of God. We also were referencing, we, we would take the notes sheet from Sunday and we would review that during the week and dialogue about that and just hold each other accountable and grow. And it was this mutual relationship just of, of growing our relationship with Jesus that ended up being like very cool. And it changed my life. Every bit of fruit in my life in ministry can be accredited to that volunteer in a church that saw something in me and had the guts to say, let's sit down and open the Bible together once a week. It wasn't a church staff member. It wasn't somebody whose job was to do that. It was a person who just felt God give him a nudge and said, I'm gonna do this. And it changed my life and a lot of other people's lives. That's what studying the Bible can do. 
And, and it's studying both what we experience verbally, like in this environment, we're hearing the word and we can take notes and we can grow, but it's also what we see written and we just walk through the word of God, studying it and asking questions and, and thinking about it. There's so much to unpack when it comes to the study of, of the word, but we're going to talk about three things today because that's really all we have time to, to tackle. So the first thought about the Bible and really what consistent study can show us is, is God helps us know his voice through the Bible. Like God is going to show us how to hear his voice through studying the Bible. And again, the first time I read through the Bible, and I remember in reading the book of James, and I was thrown off by its language. In fact, I preached my first sermon ever uh, a couple years into being a follower of Jesus from this text. In James 1, verse 21 through 25, it says, Get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God, uh, the, the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. If you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. This language was so new to me. This language of a book, and I was not a, a good reader. I kind of didn't prioritize reading as a child. Um, I still wrestle disciplining my kids to read. I do it now because I'll, uh, my, my wife Dana, if you, if you know her, she's a teacher. And if I don't, I get in trouble. Happy wife, happy life. So, but I really, reading was not a very fun thing for me. I didn't do it. I, I literally think I read one book on my own before I graduated from high school. Everything else I skimmed or, you know, it was like a Louis L'Amour book, if anybody ever read any of those. So uh, I was not well read. I went to college with a fifth grade reading level and have no idea how I survived that experience. So when I think of reading the Bible, really? You know what I'm saying? It's like, seriously, really? Yeah. When I read that it's a book you can hear, you can look and see and hear this language of the Bible as I read it in this book of James that we look and hear and there's this like interaction, a conversation happening. My mind was blown because I had never looked at a book like that. Maybe I never read a good enough author, right? And, uh, and so I, I, my perspective was changed and it still is to this day because I can read the same passage I've read for years and all of a sudden... God speaks something different into my life through it. And I'm just like, what? Has that been there always? Are you kidding? You know, that's what the word of God does. Again, Dallas Willard from the same book, The Spirit of the Disciplines, says this. In study, we strive to see the word of God at work in our lives, uh, in the lives of others, in the church, in history, in nature. We not only read and hear and inquire, but we meditate on what comes before us. 
this is, we withdraw into silence where we prayerfully and steadily focus upon it. In this way, it means for us, uh, its meaning for us can emerge and form us as God works in the depths of our heart, mind, soul. We devote long periods of time to this. Our prayer as we study meditatively is always that God would meet with us and speak specifically to us for ultimately the word of God is God speaking. It's not just a plan we try to check off so we can keep our streak going on you version. It's not just a, a moment we, okay, God will be happy if I read today. He wants a conversation with us, and this is how he does it. It's life transforming. Romans 10, 17 says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Luke eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus replied, but even more blessed are those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. God has given us spiritual ears that can hear. And when we look into the word of God, our lives are forever different. It's one of those disciplines that if we don't practice it, our life is less full than God desires it to be. We need to open up our life to the practice and the discipline of reading his word. It's absolutely 100% transforming. And I believe that's why Jesus constantly said, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. He would challenge his disciples. Now, here we are. Those who have eyes that can see and ears that can hear, open this book and God will speak to you. We have the blessing and we have the ability to buy it anywhere download it anywhere, we have less of an excuse than ever in history to read this book. And some of us wrestle with the discipline of doing it. Going to church does not free you of reading it personally, but it's an additional benefit because we need to hear it and read it. The world wants to keep you busy and distracted and jumping into all kinds of opportunities that everybody else is doing. And sometimes that pulls us away from one of the most simple practices that can give us life. Don't let your time in the scriptures daily pass you by. Anyway, I jumped ahead of myself. Here we go. Uh, thought two, God shares wisdom for living through the Bible. God shares wisdom for living. Uh, Maybe you've been coming to church for a while and, and it's a little frustrating. Maybe you're at a frustrating spot in your faith. You're going to have these moments in your life where you're like, man, I've been coming here. I've even been taking the notes with me and the little action step. I'm trying to do it, but I just don't feel like different. I don't feel like I'm getting through my sin habits. I don't feel like I'm experiencing breakthrough in my home. I'm, I'm wrestling. Maybe you're just pondering the Christian faith and you've yet to say, I choose to follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior and really confess Jesus Lord. I don't know where you're at and it's okay to be in any of those spaces. We all go through our own journey. I sat in church for six months before I made a decision to follow Jesus, just kind of trying to figure out what it all meant for, for my life. 
and those around me. And I had to get through some of my misconceptions. And I think sometimes we, we, uh, we think that going to church and just exploring Jesus will set us free. But really, we need to, to make a decision to follow Jesus and start to dive into the Scripture, and that will, for sure, set us free. And John 8, 32 says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And, and the way, again, we align ourselves to truth is through the Scripture, according to 2 Timothy three sixteen. The truths contained in Scripture are how God illuminates a path to freedom for us. So if we're looking for freedom, if we're looking for breakthrough in our life, no better source than the Scripture. I remember having a brutal breakup when I was a new follower of Jesus. And I was brokenhearted. I was just sitting there going, what do I do? I thought life was like pain you had no more pain when you became a Christian. And I was believing all the false assumptions. I forgot that it did say that you will face troubles, right, in this, still in this world. And I was just like, I dove into um, the, the book of Psalm, and I read the whole thing in like a couple days as I just cried. And I found comfort and realignment and hope. I think we... We forget just how powerful this can be in our life when we're going through a rough patch. We can find the wisdom for living, repurpose ourselves for living instead of just giving up on life. We should approach life wiser. And so if freedom is something you're seeking, there's great passages for you. In fact, like Psalm 119, 9 and 11 says, how can a young man stay pure by obeying your word? I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How do you hide the word in your heart? You meditate on it day and night. You find a passage and you, that, that, that you read. I like to read in the morning personally so that I can think about it during the day. When I do that and I'm dwelling on a passage, it never fails God will bring somebody into my path that day that needs that very passage I'm thinking about. It can be random passages, and it applies. It is so crazy, I dare you to try it, to meditate on a passage throughout your day that you read. Cheat sheet, like you version when you open it on your Bible app, gives you a verse of the day. So if you're like, I don't know where to begin, how easy is this? You open the Bible app, it opens up, and right in the middle of the screen, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. How easy was that? I did Bible reading today, right? We really have no excuse, but watch God use that. All of a sudden, you're sitting next to somebody at Starbucks, and they talk about, man, it's been a rough time, I've just felt persecuted, and you're like, no, they didn't just say that. You slide your phone over, and they're like, this is creepy. You're like, yeah, but there's a passage that gives you a promise for what you're experiencing. I don't know, but the reality is God uses these moments and what we're dwelling on divinely. It's like this wisdom for living flows around, around us. Have you ever heard of uh, psychobernetics? I, I, it's, maybe some would call it psycho-cybernetics. 
Uh, but it's the practice of repeating something over and over and over in an effort to train your mind or modify your behavior based on affirmations. And um, obeying God's word takes repetition, right? And the mother of repetition, or the mother of learning is repetition. And so you're just like, uh, if I read it over and over and over, I'm going to start to, to practice it or else I just feel weird about reading it over and over and over. So they tell you to write down your goals, write down your prayers, write down these things because if you pray for them and God honors that and stirs your heart, that's why I write down visions for the future and ideas for the future. But uh, if you, repetition can be helped with, with practices, which is why we've encouraged a, a strategy of reading the Bible called SOAP. It's an acrostic, right? S-O-A-P. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. A great way to just read through the Bible is to think, what, is, what scripture am I reading today? What am I observing from it? How can I apply this? Lord, send me out equipped with this, right? And if we meditate on that single passage deeply, some powerful psycho realities, even just logically will take place. And they give this guy a bad time. But there's a pastor, Joel Olstein. Anybody ever heard of Joel Olstein? Houston, Texas, huge, massive church in a coliseum now. And uh, he does something when he opens up his messages. I don't know if you've seen it on TV or whatever, but he'll grab his Bible and he'll say the same thing every stinking Sunday when he walks up to preach. And he'll say, this is my Bible, you know? He's, he does this blink thing and he's kind of got this high-pitched voice. He's like, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught. I do a horrible Southern accent. I could never move to Texas. Anyway, today I will be taught the word of God. I boldly confess my mind is, is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever living seed of the word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. You hear that 52 times a year, your life will be changed, right? Give him a bad time if you will. It's making a difference in people's lives because they're putting their trust in what God is doing in their life through the word of God. There's wisdom in the practice of repetition. And he's led his church to some incredible fruit. And I think God is blessing them because they're putting their trust in the scripture. And I think we should be challenged with the opportunity we have to listen and confess scripture over our life and approach the opportunities God allows us to see. Our lives are kind of tuned in through the scripture. I don't know if you remember the old school radios, but I had this thought before I read this next passage, because it'll make this next passage kind of maybe make more sense to some of you who ever experienced this. You didn't used to be able to just enter a number to tune in a radio, right? You used to have this little dial and this little clear plastic thing that would go by the numbers, and you'd have to try to like dial it in. Anybody remember doing that? When they're young, I'm not the only one. <laughs> anyway, it's like, 
and you kind of hear a voice and you just, uh, you're tuning it just, just a little bit and then finally you land on a clear spot as long as nobody bumps it and you can hear the radio. And that's how the radio used to work. Proverbs 2, 1 and 2 and verse 6 says, My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom. Concentrate on understanding. The Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Tune your ears to wisdom. When we regularly study the Bible, it's like taking that old school dial and, and it, all of a sudden, I think I hear something. I think I hear some music. Is that the right station? You know, And you kind of figure it out and you finally dial it in and all of a sudden, through repetition, through consistent study, whoa, God's voice is getting really clear. And I remember being a new follower of Jesus, and I would sit across the table from Jim Hammond there as we were studying the scripture, and he would just go, oh yeah, this means this. And I'd like, how do you know that? There's no way from that you would know. And he's like, well, you gotta understand, I've been a follower of Jesus for like five years, and so I just know a little more from regular exposure to this than you. And I was just like, wow, I can't imagine what it'll be like to be a Christian for five years, right? And it just, through repetition, the voice of God and the will of God and, and discernment becomes quicker and clearer and clearer. It's worth the painstaking repetition to dial it in and tune it in, the voice of the Lord. Wisdom and living, true life can be dialed in through the word of God. Thought three, God helps us find and follow Jesus through the Bible. Maybe that should have been thought one, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? It's that pretty important detail. John said in the opening words of the gospel, which we'll read in a second of gospel of John, uh, he said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The word was God. Jesus is the word of God. The word of God made flesh, right? And from Genesis to Revelation, God's word points to Jesus. He's the one we need, and, he, and his word is what we follow, right? So it says this. Let's read it. John 1, 1 through 5, and then verse 10 through 14 says, In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God. The word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. Nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Verse 10, he came into the very world he created, but the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him. He gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. No wonder the word of God brings us to Jesus. The word of God was Jesus coming flesh was the word of God. 
And we have this opportunity to open it up. Jesus is the word and he became flesh and we can open it up and spend time with Jesus. Which transforms not only our lives, but everybody within our blast radius. Everybody God allows you to rub shoulders with. Why does open life always preach from scripture? Why do we always support our thoughts with passages? Probably way more than than a lot of people. Why would you care what I think, right? We're here to learn about what he wants for our life. That's why we dwell on the scripture. We believe in everything that we've read today, that this is the source of life. I don't want to stand up here and pontificate and impress people with stories and I do want to make you laugh every once in a while, just because it's fun. But the, uh, you know, just, uh, I want to open up the Word of God and walk through its quirky, awkward text. And there's things that it teaches on that are weird and offensive. And that's okay. It's healthy. It helps us correct ourselves and become true and aligned with God. We want you to come to open life with an anticipation of hearing from God, not hearing a great message from God. One of the guys who gives up and gives the talk. We want you to be transformed through the word of God and come in on the weekend because you experience God in your own private times with him. You're coming to say, thanks God for what you did in my life this week, the breakthrough I'm experiencing. We want fresh revelation to pour into your life on a consistent basis. And it's going to happen more and more the more you read this. It's our foundation. It's what we turn to. It's how we live a life that is full of love and quick to serve, which I would want for every one of you. Our action point, super practical. Begin to read the Bible daily. Read it daily. If you need a launching pad, look up the notes from the talk. Take the notes physically. They're on the app all week long. If you Take notes during the service on your app. It saves there. I encourage you. Let God speak to you. There's a few different ways. I'll just give you some practical resources. On the notes, the digital notes, you can click right through to these resources and uh, download them if you haven't yet. But one is, I've mentioned it a few times, there's an app on your Bible called YouVersion. And you can find a million reading plans. Maybe you're at a place where you're like, I don't know where to start. Bible plans for new followers of Jesus. <laughs> You'll get about 50 recommendations. <laughs> Find one that looks good. Start in the book of John, then read in the book of James, or grab a New Testament read through with maybe some Psalms and Proverbs. If you just don't know where to start, let's get coffee, open our phones together. I'll show you personally. So simple to grow in our relationship with Jesus. Um, or, man, if you want to dive in, there are so many different versions of study Bibles. So here's a couple recommendations. If you're going, yeah, I'm going to dive in deep. That sounds intriguing, and I want to grow. So if you're ready to jump in and, and take a good bite of the scriptures, this was an NIV study Bible, as I mentioned. So that was awesome. Uh, I might recommend the number one selling study Bible, which is the Life Application Study Bible. 
And uh, there's a link on the digital notes to the New Living Translation version of that, just because that's the most often text format we use here. Um, there's also a Bible that I would recommend. It's called the Fire Study Bible. Now, that's only in the ESV version, English Standard Version, which is fine. Uh, it's just not the New Living. I encourage you, grab that. It'll give you notes that'll equip you from the perspective of a full believing, like page-to-page believing miracles are for today, healings are for today, uh, what you would call a Pentecostal version of study Bible. I'd say those three are awesome. Grab one. Start to study the Word of God and let your heart be transformed. I want to pray that over your life today. Can I? Lord, I thank you for the Word of God. And the opportunity and freedom we have to study it here in America, wow. To imagine that this book is considered uh, heresy or even they call it pornography in some countries and people are killed for having it is mind-boggling. We take so much for granted that we have here. But Lord, I pray that in this room, wherever we're at in our relationship with you, You would give us the courage to open this book and allow you to speak into our life. Transform us. Let us have a life-altering encounter with you on a regular basis in your word. I pray that God, you would allow those that are here today that have yet to ever say yes to Jesus or invite you into their life or choose to follow you, that they would do that today. They would just make that decision. I'm no longer going to just show up to church and hope it changes my life. I'm going to follow you as Lord and Savior, and I'm going to figure out what it is to follow the way you've planned for my life. Step into the good works you've readied for me. And that God, you will take those individuals that make that choice today and you'll allow them to live a life that is more full than they've ever thought humanly possible. I thank you that you give us all we need right here in your word. And I pray that we would discover the fullness of living according to it. Thank you for the opportunity we had to gather today and open our lives up to it. In Jesus' name.